I saw him freeze, and I was like, yeah. I should probably ask if we're okay, but I'm just going to keep talking. He looked really happy for a long time. I think he just really was like, yes, this conversation is amazing. Welcome to the Thought Feeder Podcast. My name is Joel Goodman. With me, as always, is the now locked in his office at work, John Stephen Stansel. Our thoughts and prayers uh, sincerely are with him at this moment. Sincerely, because... Sorry, JS. I'm cold. <laughs> we are extremely excited to have Steve App with us. Steve, welcome to the show. Tell us what you do at Campus Sonar. Thank you for having me, first of all, and uh, excited to be here. A little concerned for you both, because it appears you've run out of interesting guests after only 27 episodes. So that, that does not bode well for the longevity of your podcast here. The official title is Business Development Manager at Campus Sonar, but I like to tell people that basically I just spend a lot of time looking at conversation taking place online that is related to higher education and more specifically colleges and universities within the world of higher education. And then I try to help people who work on campus in a variety of roles, marketing, admissions, alumni, understand what that conversation means to them. And hopefully, if I'm doing my job right, uh, I'm told that I'm supposed to then turn those conversations eventually into revenue for our agency so that we can <laughs> stay open. So uh, while that's not always the the means for my conversations, that is supposed to be the end result over time. Well, I mean, I uh, good luck to you as you try to turn these conversations into revenue. Yeah, uh, we're playing the long game right now. <laughs> <laughs> We've had your CEO, Liz Gross, on earlier in our our run, our, our short little run, and had some awesome conversations with her. This is more focused around the state of COVID email series that y'all were, were sending out there for a while when this was New Hat. And now that it's old hat, I, I don't know. We wanted to have you on so that we could go a little bit more in depth into the into the the social media monitoring and listening kind of side of work that you're doing, and specifically the the one thing and the one platform that everyone is interested in when your name comes up is donuts. I mean, is Reddit or ideally the donut subreddit? <laughs> the donut, the, yes, slash r slash donuts where. <laughs> Yes. But yeah, I mean, Reddit is, I think Reddit generally in higher education in particular, probably mostly because higher ed is generally pretty uncool. Uh, <laughs> the only people that, that, you know, really surf Reddit on, on higher campuses, or at least for a while, uh, were, you know, the maybe the folks in IT. Like that's what I did when I worked in IT. Maybe some of the younger employees coming in, but I mean, the fact is that there's so much conversation that happens there. And while Reddit may not be one of the shinier Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat at one point, you know, sort of glossy young people platforms, there's a lot of conversation happening and a lot of insight that, that universities can glean from those conversations. So tell us why Reddit draws you in and I guess some of the higher level points of how you think paying attention to those conversations will really help institutions be better. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And just to go back to something that I think you just mentioned, Joel, in terms of higher education maybe not being fully up on, uh, on the Reddit <laughs> scene, which I think is a kind way to put it. Uh, you know, I've been talking about Reddit now pretty seriously for a year and a half maybe. And um, when I started, the overwhelming response would be, 
did I read what? You know, they, like they don't, don't, they think I'm like asking about an article and, and they didn't see it. What I'm finding more recently, which I think is really fascinating, is that when I send, you know, I might send a, a colleague on campus an, a, a, a Reddit post and say, hey, this mentions your college or university and I think you should respond to it or I think you should know about it. The response that I'm starting to get now, which I think is really interesting, is someone saying, oh, thanks. I use Reddit personally. But I don't think to check it for work or for my college or university, mm. which I think is an entirely different disconnect there, right? Because that is yeah. someone who totally understands the power and the utility of Reddit, but just has not put those those pieces together to understand that others who may be in their target audience have also come to know the value and the utility of Reddit. So. I just find that's an interesting shift now as I continue to to share these things with uh, with peers on campus. But to to go back to your other thing about you know why does it matter and how did I come about to fall in love with Reddit? So I started at Campus Sonar in January of 2019. So one of the things we were doing at the time was what are called free snapshots, and we would you know look at a a year of conversation for a college. And what I kept finding you know just a couple weeks in was the most interesting mentions. The ones that were from a prospect, an admitted student, someone who was trying to compare institutions, try to get a really uh, an interesting viewpoint into the student life on a campus, those mentions were frequently happening on Reddit. Mm. And what I've really come to learn, I think now as we if I've as I've become more savvy with social listening as I settle into this role, is we have essentially two things that are happening simultaneously when it, when it comes to our prospects and our admitted students in particular and our, our current students. So much of their conversation is now moving to a private platform, whether that's a WhatsApp, whether those are just Instagram DMs, whether those are just closed communities. It's become I think a little bit more difficult to capture all mm-hmm. of the conversations that are taking place that are relevant to our campus. But when we talk about the public places that these conversations are happening, I'm finding some of those conversations, especially from the prospect and the admitted side, they're not necessarily happening on the more popular channels like an Instagram or a TikTok. They're using those channels, but they're not exactly broadcasting their own college application or college admissions journey. But where they are sharing those conversations are in these communities, these subreddits, which are dedicated to that topic. And so increasingly, I just kept finding these mentions there. And I think it's a place that for campus professionals, it's reached a point now where you really cannot ignore Hmm. this platform anymore. When you think about the OG social medium, it was basically forums, you know, like, (laughs) you know, like BBs and stuff like that. But like, Reddit's kind of the the next generation of that. There's still a lot of that kind of built-in forum conversation, threaded conversation format. And yet there's there's a little bit more of the the short form stuff that Twitter introduced back in what 2005, 2006. And so what's what's interesting to me is that we actually talked about this on our last episode with Jade Powell is this kind of shift back for a lot of platforms or or I guess kind of the the general social media sphere to actually being social media because Reddit's one of those platforms where it's not so much broadcast marketing, you know, here's our message. It it really is entirely based on the conversations that people are having. And so uh, it makes sense to me, especially, you know, you're 
you said so many younger internet users are going back to having private conversations more than these public open, you know, out in the open conversations. So it, it would make sense that it's more important from a from a organizational standpoint, institutional standpoint, to pay attention to where real conversations are happening. And I think we see those less and less and less on platforms like Twitter. Definitely not so much on Instagram because it's not really focused on that. You definitely don't see conversations <laughs> happening much. Uh, you know, I, mean, I guess some TikToks, if you've got a, a huge platform, there's a lot of comments that happen. But the actual back and forth conversation side of things, Reddit's perfectly suited for that. People don't comment on blogs anymore. <laughs> like, At least like, not what? the comments you want to read. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get a lot of actual real conversation there, but Reddit does facilitate that. And in my mind, that would indicate a much more valuable place to pay attention to to pay attention to the conversations, or at least like something that warrants attention in general. Because I don't think it really does get that much attention in in our industry. And what I think is interesting is, and this is why I think Reddit has has become popular in recent recent years. If you look at some of the more main, you know, we can call them mainstream social networks, if you will, right? The Facebooks, the Instagrams, Twitters. When those were created. The, the real thought here was, well, it's a place where I can connect with my friends and families. It was very much about staying connected on a one-to-one basis, right? I'm going to yeah. connect with my friends in college, and we're going to share photos of each other and write on each other's wall. What we've experienced, I think, as these networks have grown to this massive scale is that some of the, the you know, social networks, these digital communities, even if you want to broaden the scope, they're now less about me connecting with my college roommate or me connecting with my best friend from high school, I'm, I'm taking that conversation private mm-hmm. where I think the utility for social media has become, especially for younger internet users is finding like-minded individuals that they don't know in real life. And it's incredible to me. And I think it's bewildering to older generations, how much instant trust younger internet users place into usernames and profiles of people that they have never met and probably will never meet, but for which they have gathered around a common interest mm. and can relate to one another and the struggles and tribulations and excitement and milestones that they go through during that process. And certainly college applications um, and enrolling in college and spending four years on campus or at home studying online, if you will, that fits the bill in terms of that common interest and that community that you can engage with, even if you don't necessarily know the individuals in person that you're speaking with. Yeah, definitely. I think that brings us to, to another topic, too, of like you talk about younger people putting their, their trust in people that they've never met, but influencers in general. You know, you've done a lot of research into that where instantly, like you said, there's this connection of I identify with that person. I'm I'm a part of that person's community. And we can tap into that. And and, in some respects, we see this on other platforms. But with Reddit, it's much more of a, for, for, for me... What baffles me about Reddit, it's kind of the early warning system to the rest of social media, right? Like memes start on Reddit or, or they probably start on 4chan or some other darker site. <laughs> we, won't find talk, their way. we won't talk about those stepchildren. <laughs> right. And then find their way to Reddit. But also for universities, the issues that, that come up, you know, when, when on those rare occasions when I do stumble upon something about our university on Reddit, you know, because we'll talk about this, about having time to search it, right? It, it's something that kind of alerts me to go, oh, this is something we need to pay more attention to because 
if I'm seeing this one student with a concern, there's probably 10, 20 more that have the same concern that are either not vocalizing it or vocalizing it in like a closed Facebook group or something like that. Yeah, I always think Reddit Reddit is the iceberg, right? You're going to see 10% of your conversation or the people that are going to voice their conversations. But I agree, you know, if it's rising to the top of that feed within a certain community, it's because it resonates with people. The interesting thing with Reddit is the, I'd say, democratic way in which content becomes seen. Um, Mm. This is not about boosting a post and it's not about playing algorithms, right? With Reddit, you're going to share a post within a community and other members of that community are going to either upvote or downvote a post based on the fact of, yes, you know, I like this or this is useful or this resonates with me or this is trash. The more people that say, yes, this resonates with me, the the more eyeballs and impressions and then, of course, hopefully comments that post is going to get. And so, you know, to your point, J.S., it may be one student who's saying, I don't know about anybody else, but I hate online learning with my professors right now. But if that post has 120 upvotes, that is a signal right there. It's yeah. only one voice, but it's 120 other people saying, yes, agreed, this hits home. You know, this this is my experience as well. And, and that's where the power comes in from those Reddit posts. Because I, I hear this a lot. Well, it's just a sample size of one. Well... If you're seeing a post at the top of a feed, and and I'll mention this subreddit all the time, the Applying the College subreddit, again, we're we're talking about 300-some-odd posts per day. If a post is stuck at the top of that feed, it's only because so many other people said this, this right Mm. here. And, And so it's not a sample of one. It's it's hundreds or or thousands of people who are who are saying, yeah, I agree with this. Yeah, I, I haven't found a more pleasant metaphor for it. So you can help me out here. Like I say, it's kind of like a cockroach. Like if you see one, <laughs> there's like 20 others looking in the walls. Um, I don't want to, I mean, like I said, not a pleasant metaphor, but <laughs> like it's the most understandable. <laughs> but yeah, definitely with the upvote system, it, it, it's the same, you know, it's very similar to, to, to likes. You know, some people will say, I, I get the same thing with, with, with the tweet. Well, that's just one tweet. Well, yeah, but 200 people shared it. Like that's... It's not just one thing. And, and, and trying to get that basic concept across to people sometimes can be a little frustrating. Yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned, too, the fact that so many things start on Reddit and then go mainstream. I think we've seen that just in the last several months here um, when UNC Chapel Hill tried to come back with in-person classes. You know, the the moment from that brief experiment within the first few weeks was all of the students in between dorm rooms going on a slip and slide. You know, that was picked up by every social channel. It made it to CBS News. And yet, where did it start? On the UNC Chapel Hill subreddit. Yeah, Reddit is incredible and there's so much going on. But as I mentioned before, as a social media manager and as a team of one, like I, I just don't have time to make Reddit a part of my, my daily routine. I've, you know, between content creation, listening to all the other networks, and then finding time to jump in into Reddit. So how, how can social media managers best do that and pay attention to Reddit? Yeah, I, th- I think this is where I'm supposed to say to hire campus sonar is this the appropriate is this where you said i could put the product plug in the show <laughs> no, um so i think it's about it's about taking step baby steps uh right it's it's essentially like 
putting your bandwidth into tiers um, and then deciding how much you can invest in the platform. So at a bare minimum, you know, I, I like to say if, if your job is overwhelming, um, on a weekly basis, on a bi-weekly basis, try to just, uh, you know, for one instance, search for your institution's name in a relevant subreddit. That could be hashtag or hashtag. That could be, um, I'm the Reddit expert, right? That could be r slash college. That could be uh, r slash applying to college. That could be r slash college life or, or grad admissions, law school admissions, depending on, on what your focus is. And just see, is anyone talking about your institution on one of those more popular subreddits? Also, if you have a dedicated subreddit and the the kind of matrix here is that the larger your institution is and the more selective your institution is, the more likely you are to have a, a dedicated subreddit. And by that, I mean a community on Reddit that is dedicated just to talking about your institution. If you have one of those, again, once a week, every two weeks, just check in and just search for some words that might be of interest to you in your role. That could be uh, a post from prospects and admits. Those could be comparison posts. Those could be student life or financial aid posts. You know, we were just working with a client and a student uh, had posted on a, on a Reddit or on a, a dedicated subreddit that they hadn't heard from their financial aid office in three weeks and they were trying to get a question answered. You know, you don't have to respond to that post within the minute, but if at least as part of maybe your Friday routine, you're checking in and can see a post like that where someone's saying, I need answers to this question and no one's getting back to me for financial aid. Well, now you can at least make that connection to your financial aid office and figure out how you can connect that student to the resources that he or she needs. So you don't have to be in it on a daily basis to get value from it. Uh, it can be a good spot to, to just do some spot checks every so often. The other thing I'd like to mention is if you're going through a crisis, and we can define crisis as not Every day. a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> not a pandemic. <laughs> But you know, if if some if you know if you've had a student death on your campus, if there's you know free speech protests, things of that nature that are taking place on your campus, those are really valuable times to tap into a dedicated subreddit, especially if you have one on your campus, just to get a sense of what's the vibe, what is the feeling, what is the mood among our student body right now, and that can be some that, that can serve as some really kind of down and dirty market research when you need it in an agile manner. Yeah. That feels kind of like the way I was using Yik Yak back in the day, where it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> where like once a day I would I would just check into it, to, it like again the vibe of the campus, you know, and when when I was first starting out in you know, looking for a full-time social media job and I was interviewing at different schools, I would go to those schools and get on Yik Yak and felt like I could get the true vibe of the campus a little bit more than I could from just looking on Twitter, which, you know, I, if potential employees, of course, it's a skewed audience being me being social media, but like if, you know, an employee is possibly doing that, of course your students are, right? Well, and that's the thing. So if you're a, a VP, if you're a director, right, the, these are the uh, the folks generally who are not aware of Reddit and are maybe discounting Reddit a little bit more than a social media manager, a digital content, you know, strategist or, or something of that nature. And that that is the thing, right? So you can you can have your brand, you can advertise, you can market, you can pick up your bullhorn and pump your message out into the marketplace as much as you want. 
But at the end of the day, where your prospects are going to go to get the true message, the true brand, the true culture of your campus is Reddit. So essentially, you're, you're essentially shouting out into the void. You know, your your message may not pass the sniff test if when someone, if you're shouting about a tight knit, you know, community, and then someone goes to your subreddit and hears nothing but poor things about the faculty student ratio or the relationships that someone's having. Your your message is void, and there is you have no control over that anymore. So speaking of control, and you mentioned, you know, stumbling upon like a student who's asking about financial aid with Reddit, as opposed to other social media mediums, brands have to tread very lightly because there are areas where we are not wanted. So one, how does a university or should a university ever engage in Reddit? Should they do it as the brand or as an admissions counselor? Or we were talking about Yik Yak earlier. You know, I used to log in to that every day and downvote bad things. (laughs) Uh, to, I remember to get, you talking about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to get them off there, you know, it, it only like I think it only took like five downvotes before it would would go down. So we, I had like five people in the office with Yikyak, like, hey, that's really bad. Like, get that off of there. That's a pro move right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, but definitely can't do that with Reddit. So, so how how can universities use Reddit, you know, for, from that standpoint, as to engage? Yeah. So the, it depends on the substance of the content that's actually being published on Reddit. What I like to say is if you are an administrator, if you work in your marketing office, if you work in an admissions office, the post that you are looking for in terms of actually engaging with that student is anything technical. And this is this is the part that's even bonkers to me, right? Or you have students and prospective and admitted students who are going to Reddit to ask very technical questions about credit acceptances, about scholarships, about yeah, financial aid that their fellow students have no business answering. And this is the downside of this peer trust issue, right, is that sometimes you end up with misinformation that gets spread on this platform because the people who don't actually know the answers are still sharing answers and they're trusting those answers. So if you're an administrator, you're looking for that post where your relationship, your role within an institution actually adds to your credibility. If there's a question about credit hours and you work for the Division of Student Affairs, you are the voice to chime in on that conversation and say, this is exactly how this is going to be treated. If you have more questions, email me here. That conversation, that engagement, that will be welcomed in that channel. But if you're going to come in on a, can someone tell me what the student life is like on campus? Or, hey, what's the culture here? And you chime in as the dean of students and say, oh my gosh, you're going to love it here. We have a 100% student satisfaction rate. Yeah, you're going to be voted off the island pretty quickly. So (laughs) it's all about what are the right types of posts. But what I like to say with those, you know, what's the culture? What's the vibe? You know, do you like your roommates? How good's the dorm food, right? What's the surrounding area like? Is this a party, you know, scene? Which are all real questions that people are asking about campuses. You know, I don't recommend administrators chime in on those posts. But what I do recommend is that they work with members of their student body that they know and trust. That could be student ambassadors. Those could be campus tour guides. For a lot of schools, I know they're one and the same. Get them on Reddit. Ask them to chime in on those questions. Do not tell them what to say. Do not say, go chime in and say that you love your roommate, and even if you're locked into a quad for your first year, it's going to be the best experience of your life. But 
send them that post and say, hey, here's a really great question about the first year living on campus. Can you respond to this with your honest, uh, honest opinion? And that's, that's all you need to do because trust, you know, again, this, again, trust is going to come up. Trust that the people you've hired as student ambassadors, as campus tour guides, that they're having that positive experience enough that you don't have to tell them what to say, that they are going to share what they honestly feel, that it will come across as authentic, but that it will reflect on the school as, yeah, another student is answering my question. I, you know, and, the, and the prospect and the admitted student is going to say, I, I trust this response. Well, I mean, you trust them to go out with a group of students and parents and who knows what they're saying while they're doing yeah. that. You know, you've been through training, but, you know, people say things and, you know, go off the cuff and off script a little bit. So why not trust them digitally? You know, but w- w- what you say there, too, with, with that level of trust and why students are going asking this, the, when years ago, when I was searching for my college, right? The best piece of advice I got was don't always trust the tour guides. <laughs> it was it was go into the cafeteria and look for the stoner guy staring half you know blankly into his his bowl of Cheerios and ask him what he thinks of the university. That was exactly it. Stone stoner guy staring into Cheerios. Well, I think this is a super important point for everything that institutions do with digital media. I mean, it can be social media it can be content marketing or whatever else. Like we talk so much internally about how. We're striving for authenticity, but Reddit is actually one of those platforms that demands that authenticity because you were saying earlier, Steve, the the, the de- democratic way that content is is upvoted and downvoted and, and given weight and importance. But but I mean it actually is crucial. You you have to I think I think for a lot of schools they're gonna have to look at the type of content that they create and, and write and produce for other channels and realize that it it may not work on reddit but at the same time like maybe you should question that content as well that you're putting on other platforms and put it through that filter of how how actually authentic is this is it appropriate js started to bring up influencers earlier in our conversation but you know that i think that's one of those dangerous those dangerous sides as well it's like how authentic is that content and you know is it uh, on the one hand, you could you could be managing that in in the way that you would manage your brand ambassadors, and and hopefully putting that amount of trust in those people. But but we don't see that a lot. It, it really does just turn into advertisement for the sake of pushing out advertisement, and and that authenticity is lacking. So I think there's there's a really precise balance that has to be drawn and, and has to be kind of weighed out there. And I don't know, maybe maybe yeah, maybe hire the stoner guy. To go. <laughs> To go and, and talk, you know, to, to go and, and share his thoughts on Reddit. Um, or I like to say, look, you know, dig into your subreddit and figure yeah. out who that student is or young alum that's already in that platform. Who's already answering those questions and who is doing it in a way where you're like, yeah, this is this is content that I'm OK sharing with future prospects or admitted students. They may not work for your office, but if they're yeah. engaged in the platform, if they're showcasing the kind of student that you want to showcase as an institution, DM that person. Hey, yeah. you know, I see you answering these questions. Can I send you future questions in hopes that you'll answer? That's fine. You know, it doesn't have to be an official arrangement where they, they happen to be a student worker for your office. And in most cases, I think, JS, you know, th- is that student probably the, the stoner in the corner of the cafeteria? No, but but the content might even be one shade more authentic than that of a campus tour guide who probably even subtly is trying to tote the brand line a little bit. 
Well, I've gotten multiple questions on, on the university Facebook page, like, hey, I'm thinking about coming there to study X. Can you can I talk to a student? And I'll reach out to, to faculty first, say, hey, do you have a student that you would feel comfortable talking to this person and, 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 and setting that up? And I think that's incredibly beneficial, you know, and also that's the kind of student we want at our school that's, you know, doing that level of research and, and really wants to, to know about, about the university. So bending over backwards to, to, to assist them is what we need to be doing. Reddit can also be, you know, and I'm, I'm talking a lot about admitted students, prospective students which essentially, right, what we're talking about is, is Reddit for yield, which I make a focal point a lot when I talk about Reddit because at the end of the day, whether you're in central marketing, whether you're in enrollment marketing, like your job is to bring in students and, and help earn revenue for the institution, so many of which are tuition dependent now. But it can also be an incredible tool for student retention and honestly just meeting the needs of your student body. You know, the great example here it's a great example. It's a terrible story, but it's a good example is, you know, an institution where they did have a student death on their campus and administration does what administration does anytime that unfortunately happens on a campus, right? They all gather around and they, they t- talk about what statements they want to draft. Well, you know, what is the president going to say about this? What is the dean of students going to say about this? When the social media manager looked at their dedicated subreddit, they found that the students were already talking about what they wanted from the institution, which was an open town hall where they could gather and they could ask questions about how this reflected on their student community and on the culture and on the mental health of students overall. And so then the social media manager was able to go back to the president and, and, and dean of students and say, forget the statements this is what we need to do on our campus. And so they did that. You know, talk about customer service and making your students feel welcomed and heard. That is a direct outcome of this has happened. This is what our students want. Let's give our students what they want. It should be, it sounds simple, but it should be that simple. Yeah, well, I want to I want to underline this too because I I think it's one of those, you know, we're using a very specific example with a social media platform. But this is just good practice in higher ed. It's it's listening to the community wherever that community is at. It's having empathetic listeners that are able to take in what those people are saying and then turn those into actual solutions and and hopefully actual change at where those friction points are and those pain points. It's it's weird. I mean, it's it's what I as a as a designer when I'm doing user experience projects for websites. That's what I'm thinking about. All the research that I'm doing is people coming from all over the place. It's actually maybe a little bit more work because they're not all gathered in one central area where they're doing it. And, and I'm having to sift through a lot of, a lot of usability patterns and trying to, trying to guess uh, in some way or make, make data informed decisions about where people are having issues on a website with doing this kind of, you know, social listening uh, with Reddit, with Twitter, with Facebook, despite the, uh, you know, not having automation, uh, not being able to automate because of some of the privacy restrictions they have on their API and that sort of thing. But just paying attention to those conversations, you have, you have people actually saying exactly what is wrong. And it all it takes is is a little inclination from from someone or a little a little of your employment budget going to someone or some person to to pay attention. I mean, institutions should take that seriously because it's it's low hanging fruit. Like it's they're saying exactly what you need to do. You just have to listen, internalize, and 
and implement it in some way that that addresses what those what those pain points are or amplify what those awesome points are those points that people are really excited about and really value in their experience at your institution well you want to you want to talk about low-hanging fruit and and celebrating those milestones the you know the literal lowest hanging fruit that i talk about often with social listening and this isn't really a reddit thing per, per se but it happens everywhere are when students announce where they've decided to commit to with their institution yeah. you know i'm so excited i just got my acceptance letter from state university or i'm 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 ready to make my decision i'm committing to state university i'm so excited it's amazing to me the number of those posts that go unanswered you know unliked uncommented on and a lot of times it's the ones, you know, what I like to say is students and, and their parents, to be clear, they're so excited. They, they honestly don't even think to tag the school. They're just they're just putting it out there in plain text. Yeah. And that is where it gets missed is because the social media manager more than likely does not have the bandwidth or the or the tools to do you know searches for plain text mentions. But those are posts, you know, if we're talking about a, the student customer journey here. The very peak of excitement, you know, until graduation, it will not be beaten, is when that student gets their acceptance and makes their decision. And all you have to do at that moment is celebrate right alongside with them. And yet those are mentions that are still missed way more often than they should be. And it's something as simple as clicking a button too, right? <laughs> like it, you know, I, I, I try to respond to all those, but like when it's, you know, heavy, sometimes I just have time for, you know, quick like. That makes all the difference in the world. But on top of those, you also get the, I'm trying to choose between school X and school Y. And if one of those schools replies and the other doesn't, that says just so much. Or how, how, do, how does it make that student feel when two university Twitter accounts are fighting over them? <laughs> like, yeah, we, I used sure. to do that all, all the time, you know, and, and because, you know, it doesn't happen here, here quite as much because some of the, the other schools in the area don't get on those as much. <laughs> but when I was at Texas State, you know, we, we would have these back and forth with, with other schools in the area. And it was one, it was it was fun, but also it was a, a, a great way to engage those students. It was uh, back in I, th- I want to say it was in March, you know, like early pandemic time is is truly all melded together at this point but i want to say it was in march when a student on it was on twitter in this case had posted about their their dorm tour or their campus tour had been canceled at purdue and so their family had you know within their own house their their family had made like a makeshift pretend campus tour of purdue and she had i think something like 83 followers 183 followers on twitter like this is not someone with a huge following but Purdue and I believe it was Purdue Nursing, which were the the schools that were mentioned that she was applying to or had been accepted to. They picked up the post and they wrote back and, you know, talked about your family is so creative. You'd be the perfect boilermaker. But what you saw is once the main account picked it up, well, now the, the provost is chiming in. Now alumni are chiming in. Now other parents who sent their kids to Purdue are chiming in because all of a sudden now the impressions are growing and it's scaling. There's zero chance that that student didn't see that response and decide to enroll at Purdue. There's zero. I mean, who else is going to make that impression on a student? And all it took was a bunch of different individual members of a community taking 30 seconds to write back and congratulate the student and her family. But when you add it up, 
and you see this network effect within you know an institution's ecosystem and it starts to build 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 it becomes incredibly powerful and it's not about that one student alone either right i mean how many people saw that and thought about the community that purdue has and and what's going on there and going oh you know that's something i might want to be a part of as well yeah for sure i'm starting to sound like my own little echo chamber on this show but i you know we we're talking about all these things and they're they're super great. Like these are the things that universities, colleges and universities should be doing. They should be putting attention into doing these searches for for their name on every platform. The problem is, as JS said, when things are heavy and there's a lot of work, it doesn't get done. And it's not because social media managers are lazy. It's not because they're kicking back, you know, updating their personal Instagrams all day long. Or heaven forbid, you know, you know, Joel, they want to take a day off. Or want right? to take a day off. Yeah, no, exactly. Or, or you know, spend, spend, uh, spend the dinner hour with their family instead of with, you know, Twitter and, and Reddit and angry parents on Facebook Messenger. But that's not at all why it doesn't happen. I I think it's important to note, again, I say this all the time, money is not being spent to bolster these valuable, valuable assets to what a university has. It's it's frontline comms, but it has to be it has to be active, right? It, it's the new call center. You know, it's it, this is where money needs to be invested because, you know, one I mean honestly, what one full-time employee that is dedicated to doing just the listening part and reaching out to people, they get two full-time enrolled students and their salaries paid for for the year. Like it's it, the the value of it is so much higher than I think is realized or is paid attention to. And it's because a lot of times we're just stuck in this old mentality of, well, no, we put our money into, I don't know, last time we talked about new buildings and stuff well, like that. Here, but. And here's the thing. We, we can't afford not to do that anymore. You know, right. there, there's a big debate on on marketing Twitter right now about the, uh, the TikTok video of the guy uh, skateboarding, lip syncing to dreams and drinking cranberry juice. And, you know, Fleetwood Mac has replied and, you know, Mick Fleetwood, the drummer, like copied the video, but everybody's waiting. Like when is ocean spray cranberry juice going to, to weigh in? And it's like, well, maybe they shouldn't, maybe they should just rest on that earned media. And like, you know, they don't, they don't have to exactly it. Yep. And and ocean spray can do that because they got that Pepsi money. But for us in higher ed, we can't afford to miss those opportunities. And we have to get, get in on that because for us, you know, if that guy never buys a, a, a thing of ocean spray again, it's not a big deal. But if that student is deciding to make a major life changing, altering decision of going to a university, we damn well better uh, be there and, and be a part of that experience when they are talking to us. Well, let me spin it the other way. If you can't afford, like really, like there is no possible way to afford hiring another full-time person to do that, hire Campus Sonar. They are not sponsoring this this show <laughs> at all. I just really, I appreciate and find value in the work they're doing. And I think there was a time when higher ed didn't really understand what social listening is. And, you know, and I, I hope our show is being a little bit more of a informative base for that to show how social listening can be applied to make these incredibly important marketing moves and decision moves and, and reputability moves for colleges and universities, because it is it's super important. It's it's not the next frontier. It's the current frontier. And it's been the current frontier for years. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll act like ocean spray and sit on that earned media <laughs> coverage for a moment. But uh, but the one thing I'll say is, if we talk about allocating your resources correctly, you know, we can talk about new buildings or, or back in the day, everyone loved to rail on lazy rivers. Right. Um, <laughs> but even now, right? Let's not forget, colleges and universities are still spending hundreds of millions of dollars on direct mail, yeah. on sending oh. postcards to students that don't have an interest in the institution and will probably throw that mail in the trash. And this is not a hot take. Schools know that two-thirds, three-quarters of that mail is just going to be thrown in the recycling bin, but they will spend enormous amounts of money on that anyways. And what this is as much of a soapbox as I'm going to get on here, (laughs) but... What, what I'm really having a hard time wrestling with right now is why an institution is so willing to spend incredible amounts of money to try to get people into their funnel, but why they're so reluctant to spend money on engaging those individuals once they've entered the funnel. I, I cannot figure out why, why that is the situation that so many institutions are, are still stuck in right now. We're supporting the post office, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> somebody has to. Well, we talked about this with Mike Richwalski uh, several episodes back, and I mean, he experienced it firsthand with his with his own son prepping to to choose a college to go to, and and you know, and the the amount of cold emails that they would get, and then not hear from someone for seven weeks, and that was really the only you know the only thing they had, or they would get like some elaborate print package in the mail. And then there's no follow-up or, you know, it's from an institution they don't, they didn't look at, they didn't care about, like it didn't sway them one way or the other. I mean, he says that in the episode. I mean, it's, there, there is a reality. And I think there's, it's, it's, again, it's one of those, it's one of those old systems that's in place and there isn't enough time or energy allocated to actually doing research as to whether that worked, you know, back in the day, back in what i guess like 2010 <laughs> back a decade ago uh you know we would i would go to high high ed web conferences and people would be talking about how they were trying to integrate short links into their view books and qr codes and and trying to find ways to be able to track whether or not those things performed there isn't a good way to do it for one but i don't know maybe try and follow up with <laughs> with parents or or just do it on the back end and be like okay we sent out you know, 10,000 view book packages. And, you know, we, here's the list of names that we had that we sent it out to. And like, you know, what, five of them (laughs) ended up enrolling. And is that worth it? Like, maybe it is, maybe it's worth it for you, but I, but I think there are better ways to spend that money. And there's, there's this whole level of marketing efficiency that is, uh, is just so lacking in higher ed at times. And uh, like, I really hope that we're on a, on a path to trying to trying to tweak some of that and pick the best value places to spend that money and to spend that time and to allocate our employees hours honestly there's a there's a wonderful early episode of the freakonomics podcast and uh you know they're, they're telling a story of a company they were working for who used to put out a huge newspaper piece out every year right as the holiday season was gearing up because it was their busiest time of the year for sales And the consultants were saying, you should stop running those ads because they're not making a difference. And the company's like, you you crazy? We can't stop running this ad. And then somebody accidentally made a mistake. And one of the major markets that they advertised to 
did not get the newspaper ad. And so then The Economist is like, this is wonderful. Like, we can compare this market that didn't get the ad to these other comparable markets that did get the ad, and we can look at how many sales and revenue you made from those two markets. And what they found was that the newspaper ad did not do any lift. It, it hadn't actually made yeah. a difference in the sales. So they said to the, to the group, well, hey, this is great. You can not run your, your ads in the next holiday season. And the company's response basically was like, are you crazy? We, we can't not send that ad out. And, and I think that's sometimes the thing that we're experiencing in higher ed is, and this is something I, that I try to empathize with, when you get high enough in higher education, you're essentially on a one-year contract did your class come in or did it not? Yeah. And if you decide not to do direct mail and you don't reach that class, you may be building the foundation for a long-term innovative digital marketing strategy. But if you didn't meet your class, it's going to be some other VP that's experiencing the the fruits of that labor because you're not yeah. going to be around to see it. And I think oftentimes that is the challenge, right? Is it's really hard to get someone to stop doing something because if they do the things that have always worked in the past and it doesn't work, you know, you, you can kind of say, Hey, you know, I, I did our process, but if you change that process and it doesn't work, well, there's no one else to throw the stone at. It's the attention's going to be on you. And, and that's a scary thing to do. I, I do recognize that. All that fear. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 very true, and that's I think it's it's disappointing that that's that's the way that it's set up, and I think that goes back to uh, a previous episode where we you know just talk about how there's a lack of innovation that happens, and I think that's just one of those systemic structures in place that that does make it hard, and I it, it makes it hard when you need a job, you know, when you're when you're that VP and you don't see any way that you can get a job at another institution, or you've got a family to take care of, or that sort of a thing. Like, it makes it very hard to do legitimately good, future forward, pressing work. And I hope that changes. I hope there. I hope we can make. I hope we as an industry can make progress towards that because th those are the things that are going to future proof us for future pandemics, future disasters, future drop offs in enrollment and interest. Joe, all, all it takes is one, right? You know, we're yeah. we're an industry of imitators, right? Yep. So the one university that does this and you know says, okay, we're going to cut our mailing budget, we're not going to do as many billboards, we're going to really focus on digital and then has a higher yield that year, you we can guarantee that the dominoes will start to start falling and other, Just other universities will do it, it but you, somebody's got to be the first one to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't mean to uh you know, I don't want to make this episode episode appearance of just casting blame and and doubt. No, on that's our my industry. job. That's you know, my I, job, Steve. <laughs> because I think it's it's tricky. You know, and, and Joel, we talked about this earlier with resource allocation, and now we've completely gone off the the rails of what the purpose of this episode was. So I apologize to all of your listeners, but <laughs> that's uh, what we do. Okay, good, good. <laughs> but you know, for the social media manager who doesn't have you know, the staff numbers or the advertising budget that they want. Well, they're going to look to their director or VP and blame that person. Well, the director and the VP is going to say, well, you know, I'm told that I've got a third of the budget to work with than I usually did or, or previously did. 
And that person's going to blame, you know, the, the president or the CFO who's doling out those resources. Well, the CFO is going to blame the, the state system if you're a public institution yeah. because your state appropriations have been cut since the latest recession and they're not going to be, re, you know, replaced. So, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not any one person's right. uh, fault or responsibility to fix the situation or, or you know, or that the situation is what it is when it comes to all the things we'd love to change about marketing within higher education. It's become an, an industry-wide issue that we're going to have to get innovative and creative about because the situation's probably not changing anytime soon. Can we end with the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man gif? <laughs> but anyways, Reddit is great and you should all use it. <laughs> but with that, we can take those small steps like being active and getting in on social listening and, and paying attention to, to our, our students' voices and acting upon, upon that in order to take those small steps towards the change. And I, I think you hit on that that perfect, perfectly, Steve. So with that, thank you for being on the show. Do you have, plug your pluggables? What do you, what, what do you have to plug? Where can people find you? Uh, I know Campus Sonar has a book coming out very soon. We do have a book coming out very soon. I've heard it has some expert guest contributors that played a role in that book. I heard something about someone that might be on this podcast being a contributing editor it's, uh, and it's not the person who works for campus sonar i'll tell you that so. oh it's amazing and it's not me either <laughs> so i'll let our listeners do the sleuthing it's a wonderful book i've gotten some previews of it thanks to our design team and uh the content i think if you know you know hopefully you know from the work we've done in the past is going to be incredible and the layout is incredible too i'm really excited for people to get their hands on it and on a personal level you know twitter is, is where you're going to find me at Stephen App, Stephen with a PH. If you spell it with a V, you spell it wrong. Yes. And uh, yes, you can also... we will take that hot take, <laughs> and we will. That is a hill I will die on. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Just search for Stephen App there too. Thank you so much for listening to the Thought Feeder Podcast. If you'd like to leave us a rating or review, we would greatly appreciate it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on, I don't know, whatever podcast app you use, we're going to be aggregated there. And we would love for you to subscribe as well. You'll be notified of all of our future episodes. And if you want to listen to past episodes, you can visit thoughtfeederpod.com. We've got downloads. We've got streams. We've got transcripts. We've got, well, that's actually, that's about all we got. And and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ThoughtFeedPod. We want to thank our guest, Steve App, for being here one more time. Steve, thanks so much. This is a great conversation. We really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate it. I really had a good time. ThoughtFeeder is a production of University Insight. 